0: Welcome to a very short episode 61 of the Force Geeks of Star Wars podcast, where X Wing marks the spot. This is our 16th show of the second season of this podcast, and I am rolling solo. As life got busy for all the geeks this week, we appreciate you joining us once again. And a big thanks, as always, to our friends at dailysuperhero.com, where you can find focus coverage on movies, TV content, and more for Marvel, DC, Star Wars, of course, Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, and more. Also, please support us by subscribing and leaving us a positive review. We so appreciate that. This week on the show, actor Benedict Cumberbatch weighs in on his fan casting as Grand Admiral Thrawn. We'll let you know if he's ready to take on the role. And Disney CEO Bob Chapek, he peppered, he was peppered with questions from stockholders about the future of Lucasfilm chief Kathleen Kennedy remaining in that role. And also about the firing, of course, of Gina Carano, who played Cara Dune on The Mandalorian. How he responded to those questions, that's ahead. Also, Lucasfilm Publishing has scrap plans for publishing two new The Mandalorian books, but apparently it's not for the reason we all think it is. We'll see about that. Speaking of The Mandalorian, a full-size uh, version of the ship... The Razorcrest was built by some fans in Russia. Just how massive it is and how much they spent to make it. The actor, Andy Serkis, by the way, who played Snoke, as you'll recall, he hints that he knew Snoke was Palpatine all along. He's hinting at it. We'll get into more details about that. I'm Nate Custer coming to you from Northwest Arkansas. And again, it's just me on this episode, as I would normally be joined by my fellow Force Geeks, one from Seattle, Mr. Jake Scott, and DailySuperhero.com founder, Daniel Wolf from Cleveland. They've got the weekend off and... And this is a shorter episode of the show, so it's uh, bite-sized, shall we say? Uh, also, want to make sure that you join us on our social media platforms, which include our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for us at the Force Geeks, and you can also join our Facebook community group so you can interact with other listeners of the show to start a conversation, share your favorite memes, news, whatever you want. You can talk about it there. You can find that by searching for the Force Geeks of Star Wars podcast listener group. Also we give a shout out to one of my buddies, Mark. Uh I know him as Flounder. He wanted to get the uh the Hot Mustafar cast uh is a good friend of mine from a long time ago. And uh back in my radio days, uh I used to deliver the Hot 104 cast. And so, Mark, I'm just shouting you out, man. Appreciate your support for the show and everything. And uh <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. All right, there you go. Hey, we have listeners around the globe. I want to point that out. We want to thank our international audience outside of the U.S. So hello to our friends in Adana, which is located in the southeastern region of Turkey. I just love educating you guys about these things that I know they're not Star Wars, but I just think it's cool that we have listeners all over the place. A quick lesson in history about Adana. It is one of the oldest continuously inhabited settlements of the world with a name unchanged for over 4,000 years. So to our listeners in Turkey, I say merhaba. And how I'm saying hello to you. And again, thank you for listening. Really appreciate you. All right, I'm going to start with the fan casting of actor Benedict Cumberbatch as the live-action version of Thrawn. Tom Ryman from Collider recently caught up with the actor who is playing the Sorcerer Supreme in the upcoming Marvel movie Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You might recall he's uh, done fairly well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. And uh, when Benedict was asked about his being fan-casted as the blue-skinned Chiss that we know as Admiral Thrawn, possibly in an upcoming uh, part of the Mandalorian Cinematic Universe it's building within Lucasfilm, he definitely did not mince his words about it at all take a listen grand admiral Thrawn. does he turn into peter cushing or something is that no it's a he's he's blue he's a very cool character that's a villain that would you'd be under like a blue makeup thing anyway i'm just curious if if i think that's uh, that's a straight no for me right now i i I, there's no way i want to be turned blue i could turn the air blue very very recently but no no seriously I, i i i precious time with my children and uh I think sitting in a makeup show being painted blue and the amount of time it would take to do that and then take it off at the end of the day might, might just, it's not the right time in my life for that. <laughs> So is that a yes? Uh, definitely not. It sounds like he is a hard pass on that. So again, that was from Collider. Uh, a recent interview came out last week. Uh, he's busy with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, when there's a lot of people talking about the uh, interactions of, of bringing over some uh, MCU folks, I mean, Kevin Feige, the architect of the entire thing, the executive producer of everything going on and directing everything. All that's happening at Marvel in the cinematic universe over there, uh, he's he's dabbling in the waters of Star Wars. So of course, there's a lot of actors that we start to think about that'd be nice to bring over. And honestly, Benedict Cumberbatch is Thrawn. I I. It it works for me. I would definitely be down for that. I don't think he's down though. I think he's not uh, ready to take on Thrawn. It's it's not happening at all from how that uh, came across. So you can scratch that one off the list. Robert Downey Jr. is another one's been talked about and supposedly rumors are he has already agreed to do it. I think that's absolutely a load of bull. That's not happening either. So you can have your thoughts on it. A lot of fan casting. It's always fun, but it always comes down to whether the studio wants it and whether the actors want to do it. In this case, it sounds like it's just not in the cards for Benedict Cumberbatch. So there you go. He was very, very definitive in his answer about it. Doesn't mean things can't change. I certainly would love to see him take it on. But if you don't know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is, as Benedict clearly doesn't, that's for us hardcore Star Wars nerds. If we read the books that came out in the early 90s from uh, the Thrawn trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy, which is now uh, Star Wars Legends, it's not canon anymore, but we do have him in canon as he appeared in the Rebel show. So if you're nothing familiar, you're a casual fan, uh, we've talked about him a lot on this show before. Jake and I are huge fans of Admiral Thrawn. Can't wait. We know he's appearing. The character is appearing in The Mandalorian building universe that they've got going on so it seems like he's being set up as the big bad guy but we are starting to feel like it's not going to happen for benedict cumberbatch to take on that role let's move on disney ceo bob chapek standing firm during a QA session with stockholders last week regarding some uh well let's just call it some controversial topics related to star wars first He was asked about the firing of Gina Carano. Yeah, that made some headlines. I won't go too deep into the history because if you're listening to this show you know what she has said in the past and what she has posted on social media and we know that you have your very definitive thoughts on it as well. We have ours too, but with regard to the political volatility related to Carano's posts and her you know, subsequent firing from the show and the role, uh, Chapek said he doesn't really see Disney as characterizing itself as left-leaning or right-leaning when pressed about the appearance of a double standard in place because Carano is a conservative. Pedro Pascal's politically motivated posts were noted by the stockholders As well, who then asked, what about the Disney blacklist? Chapek simply said that Disney stands for values that are universal, respect, decency, integrity, and inclusion. And we seek to have the content that we make reflective of the rich diversity of the world we live in. And I think that's a world we should all live in in peace, in harmony and peace, end quote from Mr. Chapek. Now, when asked about Kathleen Kennedy's future as the head of Lucasfilm, you've heard us talk about that a lot as well over the last couple of years, Chapek said he is absolutely thrilled with her and the company looks forward to having Kathy directing the activities of the entire Lucasfilm operation for many years to come. I actually got into a conversation with the geeks on this, the force geeks, uh, I'm talking about Jake and and Dan. And to me, it sounds like if you're talking to stockholders, which is what this whole thing was about, it was a stockholder Q&A. Your mission at that point as the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company is to make sure that you give the appearance of uh, solidity. Uh, you solidify your position. You're going to say, you know, he, he didn't really directly answer the question about Gina Carano. He just kind of danced around the subject. Uh, you know what? He's going to do that. It's his job to smooth things out as the CEO. He gave the answer that I absolutely expected. And he also did the same thing about uh, Kathleen Kennedy's future. I mean, you throw up some volatility into this and say like, yeah, we don't know, we're not, we're not, we are not not thinking she's going to stick around for too long. You do that, the stock prices are going to have a problem. So he gave the answers you should have absolutely expected. So that's that's my analysis on getting those answers. Does she have a solid future? I don't know. Jury's out. It kind of depends on how things play out with the rest of the projects at this point. Uh, she seems to be in a pretty solid standing, at least outwardly. That's the optics of the situation. There's plenty of us fanboys who have our thoughts on things. I actually have not had much of a problem with. Kathleen Kennedy over the years. I've had some problems with some of the execution of things, but you know what? I think this, not everything's going to turn out perfectly. We can want that to happen all we want, but uh, I don't think she's done a terrible job. I think she's done okay. Uh, are there some hits? Yeah. Are there some misses? Yeah, there's some of those too, but just my thoughts on it. But certainly when you have a, a you know, a product that comes out that you were less than enthusiastic about and it doesn't make the money that it should have, you probably are not as firm a ground as you were before that happened. So uh, take it for what it's worth at this point. We'll see what the following years have to say about her future there. Also, some disappointing news for the literary galaxy so far, far away. Two books which were set to expand the Mandalorian story have been canceled, but If you believe the publisher's statement about it, apparently it's not because of the reason that most of us likely thought of first. They never mentioned the firing of Gina Carano, who, of course, played Cara Dune, as we've talked about a moment ago. Instead, they cited the reason, due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing The Mandalorian original novel at this time, as the story continues to unfold on screen. They also post a similar tweet about discontinuing the Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide, which was written by Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm. So what does that tell you? I I mean, certainly the uh, now erasing of Gina Carano from the Mandalorian Galaxy Universe, whatever you want to call it, that's got to play a role. And also, you know what? They're probably still figuring everything out for what happens next. Though Disney had an inkling that there was a chance that Gina was not going to be Part of things as things Move on and might have Had that inkling for a While it seems to me that it makes sense that they might still be trying to figure everything out. It's a, it's a fluid process. And so if you had an idea of where the stories were going to go and she was a part of them and now she's no longer, the character's no longer a part of the universe anymore, you got to make some changes. So that's that seems to be what's happening. They say that's not the reason, but you have to think it's an underlying thing going on for sure. By the way, since we're on the topic of the Mandalorian, some fans in Russia built their own 46-foot version of, of the razor Crest, It was all the brainchild of cosplayer Ayal Fyodorov. Uh, I'm not saying that right. Uh, let me go and try that again. Ayal Fyodorov. I think that's how it's said. And he says Instagram followers helped him to raise the money needed to make it all happen in the Russian city of Yakutsk, which is in Siberia. Fyodorov says the whole thing cost about 750,000 rubles. That sounds pretty expensive, right? Well, Rubles don't translate as well to dollars. That's a little more than $10,000. Still, something that massive uh, for $10,000, that's pretty impressive. He says it's the only cosplay version of the ship in the world. I don't know. To me, sort of sounds like a challenge. To me, uh, is anybody out there ready to build a, a Razor Crest? I'm down for that. Uh, the Haslab. Let's see what we can do. We'll go for it. You can see it for yourself on our social media pages, on Facebook and Instagram. That thing is cool. I mean, how much would you like to step into the Razor Crest? It just seems like it'd be such a fun thing. For $10,000, they made that thing? That's pretty impressive. Uh, it certainly seems within reach. I'd like to do that. All right, finally on the show, and again, I did tell you this is a shorter-than-usual version of the show. Andy Serkis, who was recently interviewed by ComicBookMovie.com about his role as Snoke, well, uh, when asked about whether he knew all along that Snoke was in fact Palpatine, you remember how that worked out. Sorry, spoiler alert if you've not seen Episode Nine. Why are you listening to the show if that's the case? Uh, Here's what he had to say about it. Here's the quote. It was very much under wraps, very much under wraps. I had an inkling, but it was not confirmed. So it sounds like he had an idea that uh, there was the possibility that the whole time— he Snoke was actually the emperor. In this case, it was like an animated puppet, uh, a meat puppet, if you will, I don't know, uh, that uh, was manufactured for the purpose of fooling Kylo Ren and just making it all happen. It was always the emperor pulling the strings. You remember that part of the movie where it said, every voice inside your head. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. You hear Snoke, you hear Vader, all that stuff. That was always when Kylo thought he was talking to these people, he was always talking to the emperor. So Andy Serkis seems to have had an idea that was the case. You know, uh, going back to it, when you watched Episode 7, you had to think there was a possibility of that going on. I certainly entertained that. And when I was, you know, making my theories up about what I thought was going on, I had hoped he was somebody different, but I always felt like there was going to be a tie to the Emperor. And Andy certainly felt the same way, it appears. So Andy Serkis seemed to think that was what was going on. He at least admits he had the inkling of it. I sure wish you could get it could have gone into more detail about that but that's as good as it's going to get for now hey again wrap it up the show it's not a long one i just want to make sure that we had something out there for you guys uh, so that you at least get the headlines this is just basically the, the short headlines version of the show we'll be back next week with more content for you and a lot more discussion you know, it'd be more entertaining than just this guy talking to you the whole time. So please make sure you join us every week with new episodes of the Force Geeks, a Star Wars podcast. It's dropping usually every Monday for you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Stitcher, iHeartRadio, just about any place that you get your podcasts from. We're there. Please feel free to hit us up with your emails at the Force Geeks at Gmail. That's so that's the Force Geeks at Gmail is the address. We're on Twitter, so follow us at at The Force Geeks and on Facebook as well. Just search The Force Geeks. We're now on Instagram as well at The Force Geeks and we're posting away with our favorite memes and news items. You can join us there on our newly created The Force Geeks of Star Wars Podcast listener group on Facebook as well. It's still relatively new. It's a few months. You know, hey, just roll with it. Uh, That's where you can join the community and post your own interesting thoughts and memes and news items to share in the community. We want to talk to all of you. So share, like, and follow. And remember, if you don't follow The Force Geeks, you're looking for your Star Wars and all-drawn places. We would love to get a good, kind review from you, a great rating on this podcast. Once you're done, go and say something nice. Uh, We just appreciate the interactions. We'll talk to you soon, and may the Force be with you always.